Welcome to Behind the Bottom Line, the business fiction podcast. My name is James Schofield, and I'm the writer and reader of the funny, sad, and quirky stories that feature in this podcast, all of which have appeared in different magazines over the last 10 years. We're now in season eight, and I'm reading a longer three-part story called The Impressions. Felicity Appleby has a job at a London investment bank, which she finds pretty boring, until one day she bumps her head and the strangest things start happening. So come and visit a very unusual building, meet its peculiar inhabitants, and, maybe, uncover one of Sherlock Holmes's best-kept secrets. This is episode three, the story so far. Felicity Appleby has applied to the Historical Buildings Association to stop the bank she works in in the City of London from being torn down, which would destroy the peculiar inhabitants, the Impressions, who coexist there alongside normal people. To her surprise, she finds that the representative from the association is Aidan Dushani, an old boyfriend. Will he be able to help her? The Impressions by James Schofield Chapter 5 That's the first thing he says, asked Julie that evening as they sat around the kitchen table with some wine. You look tired, charming, just what you want to hear from an ex-boyfriend, I'm sure. That's why he's Aidan the douchebag, isn't he? said Paula. Yes, but he meant it nicely, said Felicity, helping herself to a third glass of wine. She was a little bit drunk. He sounded genuinely worried about me. Anyway, we're having a coffee tomorrow morning before work. I think he feels bad about what happened. Julie and Paula looked at each other. It had not been an easy job dealing with Felicity's breakdown over Aidan the previous year. They did not want to have to go through that again. When I hear the word genuinely before a verb, said Julie, I know the person using it doesn't believe it themselves. He isn't worried about you. He's just putting you down again. How can you be so... Why don't you tell us about the bloke who brought you home the other night? Interrupted Paula, anxious to change the topic. Here, have some more wine. Cheers, said Felicity, who is more than a little bit drunk by now. You'll never believe this. Next morning, on the bus to work, Felicity wore dark glasses to hide her eyes. The tablets had got her headache tied up and under control, but her stomach was still complaining bitterly about the remains of the wine. Unexpectedly, Julie and Paula had believed her about Frederick Tumble and the rest of the impressions. Why not? Makes sense to me. There are all sorts of things going on that we don't understand, said Paula. I know this. 
because my granny was a spirit medium, our family get-togethers were always a little bit special. I'll say, said Julie, who had known Paula since primary school, you had eight generations there singing carols around the Christmas tree, very crowded, and the arguments. Felicity shook her head. Those two girls were full of surprises. But if they believed her, maybe others would. Aidan was already waiting for her in the patisserie in Garlic Hill with the coffee in front of him. Felicity ordered herself a large cappuccino and told Aidan about her job at the bank while she sipped at it. And anyway, so I do hope that they don't sell that lovely old building and move outside London to somewhere awful like Milton Keynes, she said. But what about you? How long have you been working for the Historical Buildings Association? she asked. Oh, about six months. Very interesting, inspecting all these buildings instead of just lecturing students about architecture like when we first met. And you wouldn't believe what the owners will sometimes offer you in order to get a favourable report. What do you mean? He tapped the side of his nose. The last thing most people want is to have their building listed. It limits what they're able to do with it. So, sometimes they try and influence the person who writes the report. He leant forward. Between you and me, Felicity, your bank directors were very upset when I told them why I was visiting yesterday. But as I explained to them, it's a very nice piece of architecture. Oh, that's wonderful. And you'll recommend it should be listed? Well, I don't know yet. I really need to speak to this person, Frederick Tumble, who sent in the application. Felicity swallowed hard. That might be a little difficult, she began. After she'd finished her explanation, Aidan sat back in his chair with a peculiar look on his face. Interesting, he said finally. Well, I can see this building is very important to you. So much so that you invent this extraordinary story to try to influence my report. But honestly, I haven't invented... interrupted Felicity. Aidan held up her hand. No, 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 don't worry, Felicity. You were always very imaginative. That's what I found... find... so attractive about you. He leant forward and stroked the back of her hand with his finger. You know, I've missed seeing you, but perhaps this report gives us an opportunity to come to a little arrangement? A fun arrangement? Felicity felt sick. Are you suggesting? You know what I'm suggesting. I... I... I don't... 
A waiter going past their table tripped and dropped his tray of coffee and cakes onto Aidan's lap. Aidan howled and chaos broke out as he began shouting and swearing while the waiter tried to wipe the cakes off his jacket. Come on! said a voice in Felicity's ear. It was Smudge. Let's get out before the waiter realises I tripped him. Once outside, they ran down Watling Street until they got to the entrance of the bank. Despite everything, Felicity found herself laughing. I know what he wanted, Miss Appleby, said Smudge. Mr Tumble wouldn't allow it. Thanks, Smudge. Oh, his face went... Felicity, who are you talking to? demanded Trisha, who was standing next to the security guard and telling him off for something. Coming in late for work, talking to yourself, laughing like a lunatic. You'd better get up to your desk. There's a lot going on this morning. When Aidan appeared in front of her desk an hour later, his suit still covered in coffee and cake smears, Felicity was wearing her most poised expression. You just had to say no, he hissed at her. You didn't have to trip up that waiter. But get this, there will be consequences. And with that, he turned around and marched into the boardroom. Chapter 6 This, said Mrs Twizzleton crossly, is a cheek. Listen. When you have eliminated the impossible, whatever remains, however improbable, must be the truth. That is word-for-word advice I gave young Arthur Doyle in a letter and he's gone and given that line to some ridiculous detective called Sherlock Holmes. Mrs. Twistleton and Frederick were accompanying Felicity home on the bus after she had been fired from the bank. Mr. Dushini from the Historical Buildings Association told us you applied to have the building listed to stop those Russians buying it, Tricia said in a shocked voice. But he said he wasn't always in favour of standing in the way of progress, so Mr Ripoff is taking him out to dinner to straighten things out. Bribe him, you mean? How dare you! It had been a very unpleasant scene. However, Mrs Twizzleton was now having great difficulty in concentrating on Felicity after finding a collection of Sherlock Holmes stories in her bag. Mrs. Twizzleton, said Frederick, a little impatiently, I think we should be thinking of Felicity and what to do next rather than reading detective stories. But I knew Arthur Doyle, complained Mrs. Twizzleton. I knew he was a writer, but I didn't realise he was taking my stories and turning them into the adventures of a male detective and with no credit to me. That's so unfair! Wait a minute, 
interrupted Felicity. You knew Arthur Conan Doyle, the writer of Sherlock Holmes? We told you that before, weren't you listening? He was my doctor briefly when he lived in London, and afterwards he was always writing to ask me about my detective investigations. Now I know why. And these investigations of yours, they're the same as the ones in the book? Well, I don't know about all of them, but... She leafed through the pages. Yeah, this one, the blue carbuncle, the one about the diamond hidden in the goose. A hundred percent my case, except it was a sapphire, not a diamond. Hmm, said Felicity slowly. So we could say the building does have a connection to a famous historical figure. But Sherlock Holmes is fiction, not history. I'm not talking about Holmes. I'm talking about Mrs. Twizzleton, the real-life female model for English literature's greatest detective. Afterwards, it was difficult for Felicity to remember the exact sequence of events which followed. But what she never forgot was that it was Julian Paula who managed to put her idea into action. As they were both working for a social media company at the time, their advice and help was gold. First of all, we create some controversy, said Paula. So you've got to write an article for Facebook saying Conan Doyle based Sherlock Holmes on a woman. You just need a few solid facts and figures to back it all up from your friend Mrs Twizzleton. Then we'll do the rest, added Julie. This will be fun. It was just a short article, but once Julie and Paula started posting and cross-posting on social media, the fireworks began. Within a day, a local TV crew found their way to interview Felicity. This was picked up by the BBC, and by the evening various Sherlock Holmes experts around the world had sprung into action. Some to say it was nonsense, some to say they had always believed that Holmes was really a woman. A senior conservative politician made a fool of himself on television by saying Mrs. Twizzleton had been invented by radical feminists, whereupon feminist historians started finding police reports from the 1870s proving the link to Mrs. Twizzleton's cases. And then once Julie released the news that the building was being sold to mysterious Russian investors and would be torn down, the internet went ballistic. Very quickly, somebody, may have been Paula, sent a tweet asking why the Historical Buildings Association weren't doing something to protect this national treasure. And Aidan found himself in need of a new job. As for Tricia, the two other executive assistant told Felicity she was on the verge of a nervous breakdown. But the biggest surprise happened two weeks after the story went viral. Felicity was looking out of the window of the flat when she saw two expensive cars with darkened windows pull up outside. 
several large men escorted a very well-dressed woman to the door of her building. The bell rang. Miss Appleby, my name is Zenia Krisanova of Krisanova Crystals. May I come in? They sat at the kitchen table and drank tea. Miss Appleby, I have much to thank you for. Yesterday, I bought the building from the bank. Really? But would you still try and knock it down? No, but it's not a problem. In fact, I reduced the price the bank wanted me to pay by 25%, because I'll never get planning permission for a new building now. But that's not why I'm thanking you, you see? She leant forward and looked Felicity in the eyes. In Russia, I am businesswoman, but also chairperson of the Sherlock Holmes Society. I am a big fan, and now I own the real location of all the stories. I shall make ground floor a Mrs. Twizzleton museum, first floor a showroom for Krisanova crystals, and second floor upwards, offices. Oh, well that's terrific. Good for you. Felicity wasn't sure how this affected her. But at least Frederick and the others would be safe now. Yes, but you know something strange happened last night. After we signed the papers, I told the directors to leave me for a moment in the boardroom. They went. Everything was quiet. Yes? I look down for a moment, and when I look up again, I find young man in room with me. Oh, he told me what you had done to save the building, Miss Appleby. And he suggested if I need a curator for the museum I plan, you might be the right person. What do you think? Oh, yes, definitely, yes. Good. They stood up and shook hands. And by the way, Mr. Tumble was quite right about you. You make a good impression. A very good impression. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you did, please give it some stars on Apple or Spotify. That would really help to increase the number of people who get to listen to the show. Or, better still, write a review on my website, www.behindthebottomline.com. Next week, in episode four, I'm going to talk about the background to the creation of the impressions. So I hope you'll join me as I tell you something about the history of the City of London, early 20th century ghost theories, and the sources for the main characters in the story. If you'd like to buy some of my books, you can do that by visiting my bookshop on my website, www.behindthebottomline.com, and there you can find Peril in Venice, a thriller full of drugs, murder and adventure, set, of course, in Venice. And also a romantic comedy, Double Trouble, 
Timothy and Nicholas Aldridge, identical twins with very different lifestyles, change places and cause huge amounts of trouble before finding fortune and true love. So until next time on Behind the Bottom Line, take care and goodbye.